From Mediacorp and One Up Media, this is Post Love. Essays on love, life, and everything in between. Maybe it's not marriage. Maybe it's love. I just hope that someday someone would love me. Well, because I've only loved one man. Love. I've got a hunch I'm never going to feel no other kind of love. It's a sin. It's a sin. You're going to hell. To hell. This is actually a rom-com, but let's rewind a bit. I identify as a lipstick lesbian, which might not fit the stereotype you're currently picturing. On one end of the spectrum, there are butchers. Probably what first came to your mind. And somewhere in the middle lie the chapsticks. For those who blend femininity with a touch of tomboyish flair. Being a lipstick means that few can tell the subtle signs of my sexuality. I look and dress practically like a girl, except for my trimmed nails and the occasional pair of Doc Martens. When I came to terms with being a lesbian, I quickly understood that life is an endless coming-out journey. Sharing that part of yourself with friends, new colleagues, and practically anyone who wonders about the relationship between me and my girlfriend. The two most common questions I'm asked, how did you realise you were lesbian? And how did you meet your significant other? The first one's easy to answer. The second, well, that's what this story is all about. To me, I think, I sort of just knew that I was lesbian, a secret that I kept to myself, until I met Sarah. Slow indie music playing in the background. Check. Time slows down. Check. Funny feeling in my stomach. Check. I first met Sarah when we were 13, who happened to be in the same class as me. Sarah exuded a rare blend of aloofness and confidence, sprinkled with an infectious positivity. Not to mention, she had nice legs, courtesy of being in the school cross-country team. Hi, I'm Sarah, she introduced. Her brown eyes opening up a garden of butterflies in my stomach. Yeah, I I know. Immediately, I cringed when the words left my mouth. Oh, you do? Grasping for a lifeline, I replied unconvincingly. I've been considering joining cross-country and did some asking around about the team. Right. Just as I was about to drown in my awkwardness, the unmistakable tune of the killers filled the room. Mr. Brightside, I exclaimed, a hint of relief in my voice. You're a fan? Sarah quipped, a grin forming. It's rare to find another victim in CHIJ. How about the cooks? Absolutely. Naive is a gem. And Arctic monkeys? 
Definitely. Tudor Cinema Club. Love them. The Wombats? Of course. And Oasis? We bonded over our love for British indie rock bands. Not the most common during a time when Taylor Swift just released Love Story. And because of that, we got close. Late night jam sessions became our escape. We would swap playlists, share tracks, and discover new artists. Sarah's laughter became the rhythm to which my heart danced. We belted to concerts, embarrassingly on YouTube, often off-key, and yet I was fully immersed in the music that enveloped us. With each shared song, my connection with her deepened as I found a world exclusively for Sarah and I. A world just for us. I was in love, but I didn't know if she was like me or if she was just being nice. So I kept looking for clues. Singapore, while not particularly sex positive, was decidedly more rigid in the early 2000s. But there was an upside to such a conservative climate. Signs of non-conformity stood out. Like, really, really stood out. Did she tune into Saving Face? You know that comical yet heartwarming film where two Asian women navigate love while sidestepping nosy kin and sneaking in secret smooches? If so, I'd say there's a 40% chance she's gay. Ever catch her reading any on my mind? That quintessential coming-of-age tale where two high school girls find more than just friendship amidst the backdrop of the iconic Metropolitan Museum of Art in Manhattan? Or oh, if that's a yes, then we're looking at a solid 70% on the gayometer. Now, if she's done both, and perhaps secretly delved into Tickle Your Fancy, that playful guide that's less about a feather collection and more about women embarking on journeys of self-discovery, then, my friend, she's probably lighting up the charts at a dazzling 100% gay. When we were 15, during the June holidays, I discovered that Sarah had ticked all three of those boxes. And what's more, without any prompting from me. The realisation hit me, and all that remained was for me to ask her directly. I still recall the date vividly, the 15th of June, by MacRitchie Reservoir, Singapore's go-to sport for marathon training. From the moment we met, I sensed something was off. Sarah seemed uncharacteristically subdued, lacking her usual vibrant energy. What's the matter? I probed. <sighs> Nothing much. Okay, sure. I responded, skeptical. I knew Sarah's language, and when she claimed that nothing much was amiss, it usually meant the opposite. With a playful grin, I crept closer and pulled a funny face. Sarah, it's your... F I paused, switching gears. 
It's me coming in hot. I imitated an airplane, then crash landed beside her. Normally, she would playfully bump me back, but this time, she shifted away. Odd. Come on, out with it. I insisted, moving a bit closer, determined to bridge the distance between us. That was all that's needed. I'm going home. I just need some space. Wait, okay, I'm just joking. We can sit in silence if you want. No, you won't. You can't just leave things be. Wait, what's this about? I know you're gay. Yeah, so? Aren't you too? No! Sarah's voice rose, almost to a shrill. I'm not. But you watch those films. You read any on my mind. If not, then why? It's a sin. You're going to hell. And with those words, she turned and walked away, leaving me stunned and alone. It was as if the universe had shifted, as sudden and unexpected as lightning flashing down or the song that erupts from a radio. I recall lingering for hours by the reservoir, observing runners as they passed, slowly coming to the realisation that what we had was irrevocably over. Did we even have something real? Or was I just an experiment to her? Did she ever truly care or was I just convenient fun? And did opening up about my feelings push her away for good? As the sun began to set, I decided that if I was going to confront the scars of my identity, I might as well face them head on. Tonight, I'd come out to my parents. Back home, dinner was already ready by the table, with all my favourite dishes cooked. But I wasn't hungry. Taking a seat, I found myself sandwiched between my parents, with my brother directly opposite. I have something to share. I began, drawing all eyes to me. Yes, dear. My mother's voice was gentle, in anticipation. I'm gay. My father finally broke the silence. How did you come to realise this? From a young age, I've always been drawn to girls. He pondered my words for a moment, then simply replied, Hmm, okay, let's eat. Later, my mother entered my room. Her eyes red from tears. Did I do something wrong? Was I too stern about you bringing boys home? No, mum. I assured her, 
It's not about that. It's just who I am. She continued, desperately grasping for understanding. If you want to bring boys over, I won't object. I couldn't help but smirk, recognizing her classic defensive stance. I am gay, mum. If I do bring a boy, he'd just be a close friend. The following morning, she announced to the family that she was feeling under the weather and wouldn't be attending church. What I didn't understand at the time was that this would be her excuse for the next five years. My decision to come out of the closet indirectly pushed my mom into a closet of her own, a refuge from potential gossip and judgments from churchgoers who might not understand or accept her daughter's truth. It felt as if my newfound freedom came at the cost of hers. Meanwhile, my dad and brother remained pillars of support. Given our traditional Asian background, their acceptance was more than I could have hoped for. We settled into a quiet understanding, never revisiting the topic ever again. As the years flew by, I found myself in my third year of university, studying abroad at University College London. I was on exchange, hopeful to run into any of my indie British pop idols. But instead, I ran into someone else. You guessed it, Sarah. Even after all these years, she still radiated that familiar glow and yes, those unmistakably beautiful legs. As our eyes met across the hallway, the moment lingered a tad too long before Sarah looked away. I promised you a rom-com, so I gave chase. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. With every step, a flood of memories threatened to slow me down. Memories of laughter, touch, and the pain we inflicted upon each other. It's a sin. You're going to help. Lost in a whirlwind of emotions, in the confusing hallways, I blurted out. Sarah! She paused and turned around. A mix of shyness, remorse, and perhaps a hint of embarrassment colouring her expression. Hi. Hi. I can't unpack all of this right now, Sarah finally said, breaking the tension. But let's meet after classes, okay? Give me your phone. I'll put my number. With that, she swiftly took my phone, entered her number, and handed it back. We had arranged to meet near a park near the school. Sarah brought a mat, and with autumn in full swing, the cool breeze set the perfect ambience. I arrived early, settling on a spot by a serene river. It bore no resemblance to the MacRitchie Reservoir, 
but the ambient sounds and the weight of our impending conversation transported me back to Singapore when we were 15. Reflecting on it, after that day, we never truly spoke again. We became mere acquaintances, transitioning from friends to almost strangers. A gentle voice broke my train of thought. Hi. Sarah murmured, returning her greeting with a hint of nervousness, I admitted. I considered not showing up. With a rueful smile, Sarah said, I get why. The next few moments were filled with silence, both of us lost in our thoughts, occasionally glancing at joggers running past. You were right, you know. Sarah finally broke the silence. Right about what? I'm gay. Hearing that confession, I thought relief would wash over me. But instead, I felt unchanged, almost numb. Why share this with me now? I questioned. She shrugged. I don't know. A whirlwind of emotions began to brew inside me. The years of guilt I had carried, thinking I was responsible for our fallout, were based on a facade. Sarah, I began, my voice quivering with a mix of anger and disbelief. What do you hope to achieve with this? I don't know, she whispered. No, enough of that. I snapped, frustration evident in my tone. If this is how it's going to be, maybe we shouldn't have met at all. I began to rise, but then she clasped my hand. I'm sorry for what I said to you. Sarah mumbled, the radiant confidence she once exuded now replaced by a tangible sense of guilt and shame. I shouldn't have taken it out on you. But that day in the morning, I actually came out to my parents. Oh shit, I replied, suddenly understanding. I didn't know. Of course you didn't. I never told you. She smiled weakly. My mother told me I was going to hell that day. And she called me a sinner. I sat back down, squeezing Sarah's hands as she continued, her voice tinged with guilt. I didn't know why I told her that morning. I think maybe I had wanted to date you and I thought I should come out to my family first. But after she said those things, I felt disgusted with myself. I couldn't reconcile and I sort of just burned everything down in the process, including our relationship. Funny, I actually spent the next few years trying to fit in. Her words resonated with me, and I found myself nodding, understanding completely. I also told my parents that day, after you left. Really? Yeah, my mother said I could bring boys back to my house, if it helps. <laughs> We both erupted in laughter at the absurdity of it all. 
Did it help? Sarah asked, her eyes sparkling with mischief. Of course not. I never did. Then did you bring girls over? No. My mother would kill me, I said, chuckling. The conversation paused, and then Sarah's voice softened, her line of questioning taking an unexpected turn. Then, are you still single? Her question caught me off guard, and for a moment, I was lost in thought, wondering if perhaps... Well, that depends. I finally answered. Are you still trying to fit in? This episode was built from the many partners that have individually changed how Singapore understands the 2SLGBTQIA community. They include Dear Straight People, Conversion Therapy Clinic, FOMO Homo, SB Heard, and Pink Dot. Link is in the description. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Post Love, brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by OneUp Media. If you would like to share some feedback or share your own stories, drop us an email. Our email is found in the description. This episode is produced by Guangjin, script by RC, edited by Alex, audio experience by Ethan Sam, additional engineering by Ashley from OneUp Media, voiced by Gloria. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy from MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Post Love.